From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parmenil McCready, Clark Ford Studio. Today, we will uh, discuss a pretty big weekend in uh, in Mississippi. Not really just in politics, just in Mississippi in general. We'll talk about that. we got some guests this week that will uh, do that as well as we open the week from an Oxford Exxon Podcast standpoint. Uh, we may have a guest for you today. Um, we're into a little bit of a scheduling conflict. If we get that worked out. It will uh, be today, if not, hopefully uh, sometime soon as well on the show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know, to uh, use the SpeedPass Plus app, download it, use it, safe way to get fuel there at all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi, including the Oxford Exxon. You can pay right there on the app and get on with your day. And again, we're coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. We are. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. You call that number. You ask for my friend Corey Clark. Chase's friend, Corey Clark, he could be your friend too. Just call the number, tell him what Ford product you're looking for. He will send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can uh, shop that quote around, of course, or you can do what I've done and what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Uh, Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove it to you when you make the call, 662-257-1900. Guest, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Water is open. It's located at the Sardis Marina. Come out, experience outdoor dining unlike any place in North Mississippi. The menu offers shrimp, Mississippi catfish platters, along with gourmet burgers, Louisiana-style po'boys served on Leidenheimer French bread. They're open Wednesdays and Thursdays. From uh, 3.30 to 10, Fridays through Sundays, 11 to 10. They have a newly expanded picnic-style dining area, signature appetizers, including Zydeco shrimp, crawfish egg rolls, live music, and uh, a lot of fun cocktails, including their famous house frozen margarita. They have to-go and curbside available as well. Uh, 662-712-6162. So... Getting uh, getting started today. We've got several topics, I guess. We'll uh, excited we'll, about we'll Hamilton. Out. I, I'm actually very excited about too. this. Yeah, July 3rd, uh, Hamilton is going to be on Disney Plus. They moved that way up to accommodate the whole pandemic thing. Disney Plus has done that a lot. Like if I know Frozen Two came out early, there's been several things that they've uh, they've given uh, given subscribers early on. Yeah, and, and it's the is it is it the original cast? Is it a recording from them? Is that what it is? I think so. I'm really. Interested to see it. I've seen it live, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. It was great. I love. It's it. one I could easily watch two or three more times. I think I would enjoy it more because I'll tell you, and this one, I mean, this is as good of a topic as anything to my politics. Uh, when I watched it the first time, I had heard a couple songs, but I had not like gone through the soundtrack or anything. Yeah. And then I got really hung up on the soundtrack afterward. Yeah. Um, me and too. I think thought, okay. Now that I know the words, understand the message a little more, I need to go back. I need I need to see it again because I think I would in- interpret, understand so much more. Because you know, sometimes no matter what, where your seats are, we weren't bad or anything. And I mean, in Memphis, there's only so many bad seats anyway. But like, 
I couldn't pick up on everything. There's a lot of things that I missed that I went out and went, oh, that's what was going on. This was going on. I, I get it. Let's let, let's let's kind of do this now a little bit. So yeah, you know, I mean, I'm excited about it. I'll definitely uh, watch it. Definitely got what five days before uh, before it comes out. Yeah, I saw. Assuming the previews are correct, um, I saw where it included Lin Manuel Miranda. So I'm assuming it's the original cast, unless they took something else that he was in. Because I, I don't think he, other than the the, the original bra, the original production. I don't think he did anything other than maybe a week or two in Puerto Rico. He did like a relief thing with Hamilton when it started touring in Puerto Rico, but yeah. I think that was the only other thing. Like I don't, I'm almost hundred percent sure he didn't go to Chicago or LA or anywhere like that with it that I'm, that I'm aware of. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see him in it. Cause obviously I didn't see him in it. I saw of it in course, San, yeah, I saw yeah, it yeah. in San Francisco. Well, and I mean a lot of the other ones too, like, I'm sorry, I don't know the names off the top of my head, but I mean, when you listen to the soundtrack, I mean, you're associating those voices and those people with right. these characters. So, I mean, from Aaron Burr to the whole way to even, um, his, his, I was saying her wife, Eliza, um, yeah. even all the way through to her and Angelica and the whatever you're, you're used to those voices. So it's, yeah. uh, yeah, that soundtrack's kick ass. I, I oh, it's awesome. It, it's really good. And I'm, I mean, we're gonna talk about a lot of other things. Maybe, this is completely my fault because normally we don't have the television on in here, and I have it on today because I've been kind of watching some of the news and stuff. And I taped Greatest Pod in the South earlier with Jay, and um, they they had in the little corner Hamilton streaming. Yeah, yeah. And so, sorry, my my mind. It's, Make fun it's all you want to. I like show tunes. There's several theater soundtracks mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. Like I like Wicked a lot. I like Hamilton. There's several that I, I really do. Like I'll, I'm not necessarily playing my car all the time, but they're on some of my mixes and shuffles of, of different things that I will listen to from a. Uh, I've, from, I've from run a to the Hamilton soundtrack a few times. You know that beat might be okay. It's that not that, bad. that that beat's probably not awful for that. Now the the, the more that I think about and it, and you I, know, kind of. At certain points in the soundtrack, you sort of have an idea. Okay, this is thirty-seven minutes. This is oh, this okay. is fifty minutes. Kind of know where you are. Don't have to watch your miles because you sort of know generally what you've run. Anyway, that's sorry, my fault. Oh, I'll take the blame. We're talking about politics. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, Alexander <laughs> Hamilton had some po- had some political stuff go on. Alexander there. Hamilton had a lot of political stuff going on. If he doesn't have scandal, he's probably a president. Well, there's no doubt. Yeah. He went from... Here's what's funny what Hamilton did, though. And this is all based off... I mean, look, Ron Chernow made a lot of money, and his book did a great, and it is fantastic. Oh, it is unbelievable. But Lin-Manuel Miranda, reading his book on vacation and everything subsequently that happened, turned Alexander Hamilton from absolutely probably the most underrated fa- founding father to either equal or maybe even a little overrated now because of everything. I mean, it's hard to overrate him because he literally like built the financial system, which is kind of important. But <laughs> Okay, so we'll do this quickly. I- I'm sorry, people. This is my it, this it, is so totally okay. my fault. Um, Our levels are screwed up. Anyway, go ahead. I would argue he is not overrated. No, 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 but he was incredibly underrated prior to oh, this. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 for sure. Because most people couldn't tell you what in the hell he did. But he went from, like, not winning any championships to winning, like, three in a row, and all of a sudden everybody's like, whoa, okay. Who, other than Washington, was more influential in the founding of America than Hamilton, in your opinion? I don't think there was another one. Yeah, I don't either. I think he's number two. Because it's sure as hell not John Adams. No, 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 no. It's, I mean, he's just, I mean. You talk about Jefferson. You can, you, you can make the argument. You can talk about uh, James Monroe. Madison. Madison, Franklin, to, to, to a certain degree. Yeah, they're all in the conversation. But to me, it's, it's, 
It's Washington and Hamilton. It's Washington and Hamilton. And Washington really leaned on Hamilton. Washington is first. I mean, we're not going to make that argument. Oh, no, no, no. He's, he's, he's the man. When you go to the Capitol and you take the tour yeah. and they take you to Washington's tomb and you think about, you know, it was going to be his tomb. That's where he was going to be buried. And you think about, or entombed, not buried. Mm-hmm. You think about that's the center of the, the capital, the center of the, of the capital city. Mm-hmm. And you realize what a significant when all of that stuff was designed, he was still pretty fresh on people's minds. And there just weren't a lot of negatives to George Washington. Well, I mean, we, we mentioned it a thousand times, but I mean, as we, if you listen to the early, very early episodes of Wicked Game, when he was choosing to you know set the term limits and not run again, everybody's like, oh, whoa, wait, we don't have you. Right. How do we even do this? He I mean, didn't want to run what, the second yeah, time. What, what, yeah. what, is, what does this look like? Yeah, it mean, was literally, hey, man, this is going to fall apart if you don't Yeah, do We're it. not there yet, okay? Yeah, yeah. We, we need four more, okay? Yeah, and they then needed we'll, four more after that. Really, yeah. Because Adams was, yeah. If Hamilton, yeah, if Hamilton doesn't do some of the things he does, he's the, he's the third or fourth president of the United States. For sure the fourth, maybe the third is my guess. Probably the third. Yeah. He ends up beating Jefferson. Yeah. And he sure would have beaten Quincy. Yeah. Uh, once you get to that point. But, I mean, he's just mired in. People hate us right now. <laughs> but this is, I mean. You, I this could, is what you get. Okay? I could I goob mean, out. I mean, you can look over on my bookshelf over there. I mean, I've got, I've got Franklin stuff. No, Franklin stuff. I've got Washington stuff, and I've got Hamilton stuff, and they are incredibly fascinating people. In like tomes, I mean, like you don't just have books. You've got the yeah, the, the, no. the, the, the definitive works of these I, people. I've done deep dives on George Washington. I think he's absolutely fascinating. Well, look, you said this. I mean, I'm not taking a line, and I mean, it's not your opinion only or anything. If you want just fascinating stories on how in the world, I mean, reading about any of these characters from the Revolution and all the way through like 1805, 1810, the miracle that took place to make this happen. I mean, you're talking about just rolling. Seven after seven after seven. I mean, you're hitting ten blackjacks on a row to get here. It's the Citadel beating Alabama and then turning around a week later and beating Oklahoma. And, now, and look, then two and Br- weeks- Britain was distracted. They didn't really give a shit for a minute. Like, I don't even know why. Because I'm, I'm in a weird mood today. I've been kind of railing since we sat down. I don't know. But um, it's, it's, it's a major upset. It's one of the reasons, as we get into the current stuff. Yeah, sure. It's one of the reasons I push back a little on some of the context, on the lack of contextualizing as it pertains to Washington, to Jefferson. They weren't perfect men. Name me the first one that is. Who is? Who is? But right. I just can't stand. I mean, and I'll stand by this forever. I cannot stand critiquing someone to the norms of their time period yeah. in another time period. Exactly. Now, again, if you've got axe murderers, sure, like whatever, that, that, that goes beyond time. But just in general, what was socially acceptable right. during that time, we can't go, well, I'm in 2020. Because you don't get to exhume him and go, hey, we're going to put you on trial for what you did back in 1792. Yeah. The, the civilization has progressed in a number of very positive ways in yeah. the last 240 years or whatever you want to call and so, it. So you have to... You have to Judge those people from their time. Against their norms. Yeah. They didn't know any better. <laughs> well, Laura this morning showed me a picture 
And it was a meme. It was a woman. She was holding an ice cream cone. She had a mask on her face and she had a cell phone. So she's taking a picture of her ice cream cone. And the meme was, ask if you could go back to 1995 Even that. and just show this picture to someone. What would they think? Well, hey, that's just 25 years ago. So we're we're holding we're judging. You have a mask on. You're taking pictures of your food, and you're holding this a contraption phone. that no one would have known what it was. Yeah, you hand somebody ninety five an iPhone, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" whoa. <laughs> Hang on, the internet like does it make that sound? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on now. I just that's, and there are people out there that they want to completely rewrite it, and it just doesn't work that way. Look at this. In a roundabout way, we segued into... We got here. We got there. It took a moment, and I wasn't sure exactly where we were going, but... All because the ESPN bottom line mentioned Hamilton somehow, because they're owned by Disney. Um, You wrote about it, I guess technically in Food for Thought, too, but in 10 Weekend Thoughts on Sunday night. Um, State flag is going to be furled for the final time. Um today right whenever tate signs it i don't okay. know he said he'll sign it i'm sure he'll sign i it. saw where the, the head of the senate signed it oh really today okay it said all so it's it's moving. all that was left was for it to go to the governor's desk okay so in the next i don't know day or two whatever yeah i would assume that's one you want to go ahead and get over with and i assume there'll be for i assume there'll be some type of decommission ceremony or something okay fine have at it whatever yeah i would think this is one that you want to roll out the pomp and circumstance for to bring her on down. Well, well I was laughing to with have you yesterday. There was a couple. It was a Jackson TV station yesterday. I think that's what it was. And if I'm wrong, sorry. It was like it was like Senate votes and someone's bringing it down. I was like, yeah, because it's the end of the day. Yeah. And they bring it down at the end of every day. That's flag rule 101. <laughs> it doesn't stay up. <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I just did so stupid. People, man. Some some social media somebody went, Oh look, they're taking it down. Yeah, all right. Ask somebody before you send that tweet, by the Jay way. Jay Tate goes, You're so down on media lately. I'm like, Are you paying attention? It's bad. I mean, there's some really stupid stuff out there. And oh. there's also some really good stuff. But Yeah. yeah. So look, they we, we got they got through the hard part on Saturday when the uh, the House passed it pretty easily to suspend the rules. Yeah. Two thirds majority needed. Um, that Senate deal was tight. Yeah, I mean, look, the Senate thing was incredibly tight. It was um, they needed thirty five, and they got thirty six after the, the the House had passed it pretty good. And I mean, that's that's that was the thing. You knew once you got the two thirds that the majority would be fine the next day. They would get the fifty one yeah, yeah, percent yeah. or whatever they needed. Then, you know, it was also a pretty big deal when it probably would have been useless to try to fight it. But once Tate Reeves did come out and go, hey, they bring me to the thing, I'm going to sign it. We're not going to do this veto two-thirds thing again or whatnot. And that's... Credit to him, by the way. Well, yeah, because look, that would have been a big deal to go, hey, we got to keep all these votes for several more days when there's no margin here. So we've got to fight for this thing. Uh, You're hearing in our line here that we have a call that uh, is our guest today, Trey Lamar, um, District Egg House Representatives. He, on social media and just in general, really pushed for uh, for this flag change, especially had been had been trying to get it done for a long time, but then once the NCAA, the SEC, once different things happened, said, hey, can't put our student athletes, let's push this thing forward. And it was a it was a big step in this process. So we'll, we'll go to him in one minute. We'll talk to Trey about uh, the flag, some, uh, some, some, some just economic stuff as well, as he is the chairman for the Ways and Means Committee for Mississippi. 
and uh, and, and more. So that's coming up. He's an M Club member. Um, was a walk on football player at Ole Miss and more. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll get to Trey in one second. But yeah, I mean, I I it's one of those deals where, and I'll ask him this. For me, yeah, you can celebrate it, but it was just relief because, all like I said, you're worried about one person changing a vote or whatnot. And I mean, I know they had the votes in quotes, and everybody felt okay about it. But like, I sent a text to to one legislator in the day, and he goes, "Look, we're fine," but and it was like dot dot dot. You just sure. you don't know until you know because well, you don't know who's going to get to somebody they, and change them, or they do that roll call vote, and who's able to go and you know with their constituents back home and go, yay, you know what I mean? I mean. Yeah, there's that moment where I mean, there was a little fake county one that voted no uh, on Saturday. So I mean, it was just like <sighs> I, I do wonder a little bit how you're a business owner in this town and <laughs> represent one of the one of the districts in this county, and and, and, and you go nay. It's like whoa. I I, I respect. I, I res- everybody has their ability to whatever. I, yeah, I, it's I, not. It's, it's me. I mean, I'm not judging the human at all. But no, man, no, no, man, no. oh man, you better. F- how do you live here? And both that. Because there's a little self-preservation because I, I can promise you that compared to um, in 2001, this would not be 5347 or whatever it is this time. No. Well, what I kept thinking as it became obvious that we were headed towards a showdown, you know, over the weekend was just I dreaded today if it hadn't happened. If they couldn't get the votes to suspend the rules and they stopped the session and it just didn't happen, I dreaded just how down people were going to feel. Well, because look, had it not happened, had you not gotten, and we're going to break and get to try, had you not gotten that done, A, you're done for a decade. You just are, barring something happening, you're done for a while. Well, there was certainly well, going to be some bad news. That would I guess happen. you could have gotten done in January. It's if you lose the vote outright, you're done. Never mind. You could have gotten it brought up in January. But let's say, is the momentum still the same in January? I mean, you know what happens? I mean, that, that that puts a lot of stress on the next six months to make sure everybody's still in this in in this regard as you get to that point. Yeah, I agree. I'm. I was worried about it. Yeah, I was worried about just where we were headed. Yeah, how negative it was going to get. Yeah. How caustic it was going to get. And instead, yeah. it was a weekend that it's good. It's the good. state yeah, got yeah. to celebrate, and that yeah. was good. Yeah. So we will uh, <clears throat> we'll go to Trey Lamar in one second. Before that, I'll tell you about Special Orthopedic Group. If you're injured, I'm not sure where to go. Special Orthopedic has you covered with three convenient locations in Tupelo, Oxford, and New Albany. No referral is needed to schedule an appointment with one of SOG's fellowship-trained, subspecialized surgeons. At one of their three locations with 24-hour scheduling, SOG makes it easy to accommodate. You call 767-4200 or get an appointment through their website at www.sogms.com. Special Orthopedic Group. Choose a specialist. Choose SOG. We're also brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill. It's located at 320 East Pearl Street in Jackson. Uh, It's open for lunch, dinner, Sunday brunch. They also specialize in on-site large event catering. So uh, let them... Take care of your catering needs. Call Sarah Black at 601-398-0151 and let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. Dead Soxie hopes everyone had an enjoyable Father's Day weekend a couple weeks ago. Just remember, they'll have some stuff coming to you here soon. It's deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. As always, stay soxy. We are also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. They have clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. 
They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. They uh, treat investing like a commodity. They make decisions using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle Trust will sit down with you, study your goals, study your expenses, put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's Pintrust.com. Our friends at Blue Delta Jeans, very pleased to announce the Blue Delta Studio is open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. If you've got jeans to pick up, or if you're ready to get measured for your own Blue Delta Jeans, don't hesitate to drop by or reach out to Blue Delta to schedule an appointment. Don't forget to check out their new line of Georgia Milled Duck Canvas Fabrics. Strong and durable. These are the ultimate made-to-last pants. Blue Delta uh, Jeans on social media or info at bluedeltajeans.com. Whichever is easier for you, just give the Blue Delta Jeans team a shot, and they'll be happy to see you. Also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're uh, thinking about just getting away after all of this, I know that the media says that it's time to to uh, slam yourself back into your house. But in case you're wanting to get out, John Edwards and the people there at Regency Travel can hook you up. They know all the deals. They know what's open, what the stipulations are. So uh, get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget, and he'll take care of you. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first book trip just by telling John, you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. Podcast also brought to you by Community Mortgage. <clears throat> Sorry, they are located in Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. You're getting local underwriting. Understands your market. Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. And we'll go now to uh, our conversation with Trey Lamar. Trey, I know you're busy. You got a lot going on in the uh, final days of session here. Appreciate the uh, the time. And I'm just curious, what was sort of your your reaction when this thing finally does uh, either get done to suspend the rules or officially on uh, on Sunday? Is it celebration, relief, a little of everything? What's kind of going through your head, guys? I'd be uh, I, I guess I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't uh, a little emotional. Uh, you know, my entire life, I'm a multi-generational Mississippian. This is home for me and my for my life, you know, the, the rebel flag, if you will, Confederate flag, whatever you want to call it, um, our state flag is just, it's just represented home to me. Um, and so, you know, I have uh, many, many fond memories of my life as being around it and, and just represented either Ole Miss football or, or just flat out the good feelings of being home. And so I, I, I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't a little emotional um, but in my heart, you know, I know we're doing the right thing uh, for the future of Mississippi. Um, and so, I, you know, I was I was proud that we were able to come together and get it done. Take us inside the last few days from your perspective. I mean, I, you know, we we're all watching from afar and, and reading media reports and talking to people that are, you know, inside the inside the legislature. But we're talking to them once the meetings are over and once they've, you know, they've they've gone to their their separate corners, if you will. What what was it like in the in the moment as someone who's, you know, trying to to help history happen? Uh, I'd say it was it was um, a little surreal. Uh, you know, just kind of standing around. We the, like, those of y'all who kept up, you know, we had basically two days of voting. We had a procedural vote. There was a really high hurdle that took place on Saturday, and then we had to come back on Sunday with the actual bill uh, that the procedural. Um, procedural vote paved the way for and so 
you know, it was it was the Saturday and a Sunday, and being there on a Sunday, the Lord's Day, when when you actually vote to to change the flag, it passed the House and the Senate that day. Um, it was just um, kind of hard to find the words, but but certainly uh, neat, uh, I guess, to be there living in that moment and being a, a big part of it. When you, at the same time, know that this is one that's going to be in the in the history books. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we'll look back on for years, uh, and, you know, being right there in the middle of it, I, it's just, uh, it was a good feeling it really was. As you're waiting on word from the, from the Senate vote to, to spend the rules, was that the most nervous part of this whole thing once it kind of got moving? Well, uh, I wish sports worked like this. Uh, we, we didn't, uh, roll it out there until we, uh, until we knew the vote was there. Yeah. That, that's what we worked on. So. You know, playing the game would be easy if you knew you were going to win every time. <laughs> so uh, that's we we, but you never know for sure. I'll yeah. say that I've seen I've seen weird things happen in this in this business, um, and so we we felt very confident that we had the votes in the House and in the Senate. But until that final tally is 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 marked, you really don't know what you have. Where was this thing sitting prior to the statements by the the, the SEC? from the NCAA ruling and all that. But I mean, what, what, what odds of this happening and maybe what, what timetable were you looking at to, to make this type of progress before some of those things started going in motion? Yeah, well, uh, as you know, this, this went pretty quick. Uh, this yeah. is something I struggled with for, for several years, and I felt in my heart that, that I knew this was the right thing to do. Um, but you can't do anything in this, in this business if you don't have the votes. You know, you can't, uh, you can't ever get to four if you stop counting the two. Um, that's that's the world we live in so we never have had the votes to do it but about two to three weeks ago uh when i i was privy to some information that i knew uh, some things were coming going on with ncaa uh started really thinking about it praying about it and i had a had a gut feeling that that uh, that uh that this was coming and that there was going to be some pressure applied uh, from outside sources and um you know it was right at right at two weeks ago where uh, things really started ramping up in that front. And then, you know, the day, uh, which was the Thursday that the letter went out to the NCAA, I, I knew that was coming for a few days before that and um, knew what the NCAA's reaction was going to be. I, I was a little surprised that the SEC acted uh, as, as quickly as they did. But that, that Thursday, that Friday, um, roughly um, not even two weeks ago, uh, about a week and a half or so ago, was um, a day that really – really everything changed. You know, I, that's the day I decided to come out with my statement that we, mm -hmm. that this was just the right thing to do. Uh, sports did not, is not the reason for changing the flag. Um, but it certainly provided the opportunity, uh, for us to have this discussion on a, on a grand stage. Um, and the, the reason for changing the flag is that, uh, and I believe this, that the majority, the majority of Mississippians hearts, uh, had, had decided they wanted to change. And so the change really happened organically and it was, it was a really, really great thing to see witness and be a part of how much in your opinion has the current flag prevented i know it's about more than money everything's about more than money but money's sure. involved in it i mean for people to pretend that that commercial interests aren't aren't a part of this is is naive how how much has mississippi been hurt by the flag and it's as it attempts to bring in industry to bring in jobs whether those are white collar jobs or blue collar jobs or some combination thereof. Well, yeah, I'll answer it this way. It's a it's a number that's impossible to to quantify, 
but I will say, uh, amongst our own businesses in the state, uh, just internally, it had probably hadn't affected us. But where it has affected us, and this this is what's really impossible to quantify, is um, the the rest of the nation and the world that um, that just doesn't really consider Mississippi because of the image that 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 they uh, perceive uh, of us. And I used to think that wasn't true, but in the position I'm in now, uh, I have seen it on a firsthand basis. And I understand that there's people I have constituents that think that that's not true. But And I used to be in that camp. But I, now that I've seen it, I've witnessed it, um, and I know for a fact it happens. I can tell you it's, it's one, of the, one of the reasons that I, I knew, um, amongst many reasons, but it's certainly one of the reasons why I knew we were doing the right thing for the future of Mississippi because uh, I know that, that it that image um, to the rest of the world, to the outside, the, the, the lines and the boundaries of our state, it does have a negative in, impact on people considering us. At what age or when would you say that you started personally to, to kind of change your views on the flag and, 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 and move to this, uh, this side of the aisle, if you will? Yeah, well, 20 years ago when we voted, I was a, a 21-year-old, you know, college student playing ball at Ole Miss. And, um, you know, that's, between now, uh, between then and now, uh, you know, God teaches you a lot of life lessons, a lot of twists and turns, and uh, somewhere along the way, I can't really put a put an exact time frame on it. But I'm, you know, been married for almost 15 years now. I have three children. You start thinking differently, uh, and certainly in the position that I'm in now, where we, you know, as chair of Ways and Means Committee, we we handle all the policy for, for taxing the taxing policy of the state and, and business recruitment and development all over the state uh, from an economic standpoint. And I've, I've just been able to see firsthand uh, where it has an effect. Uh, and uh, I don't want to, I want Mississippi to grow uh, and I want Mississippi uh, to, to reach its potential. Uh, and I, I just felt like for the, for the future of, of my children and everybody else's children and grandchildren um, that this was the best decision uh, going forward for our state. We've heard a lot about uh, the kind of the the impact or the impression that Kermit Davis made when all the coaches administrators were there the other day. What would how would you say that 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 they didn't impact things with either certain people or whatnot? I mean, what 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 did that day with all those people coming together uh, kind of mean for uh, for this process as it moved forward? Well, I can certainly say that it was historic. Um, I, I would dare say another hundred years will pass, and you won't have every every major coach from Ole Miss and state, uh, in this building at the same time. Um, that's just, that was really unprecedented. Uh, I can tell you this, I've got, I've got a picture of, uh, of myself and the appropriations chairman in, in my, in my office in my committee room with, with all of, you know, Mississippi state's coaches and, and all of Ole Miss's coaches. And that, uh, that picture going on my wall. <laughs> I can promise you that. Uh, it was it was an interesting uh, time, and uh, I think it was just part of the process of getting the ball rolling uh, toward toward being able to get the votes to get this thing done. And you know, certainly, uh, the, in addition to that, I think it was the next day or so where the Mississippi Baptists came out with their statement. Uh, the Presbyterians came out with uh, with their statement. Uh, Reverend Ligon Duncan, who was my former pastor here at First Pres in Jackson, issued a very uh, well written uh, statement on. Uh, from a Christian worldview uh, about uh, his position on the flag that I think uh, helped a lot of folks. So it was a huge part of it. Those things all came together uh, at the same time, along with a big push from the business community all over the state. And it was a, 
very instrumental in getting it getting it accomplished. I don't know that Kermit even knew he was the statesman that that he's turned out to be. If Kermit had gone into politics, Trey, he, he might have your gig. You know, he's he's a natural. Yeah, man, no, no <laughs> doubt. He, he's a, he's a winner at whatever he does. And he was excellent at the podium. I don't know if y'all were around that day for that or saw, saw it. it. Yeah, saw it. His speech. He, he just he was excellent. Very very good. Uh, as were the other coaches uh, as well. Uh, I think Leach was pretty funny. Uh, he. Uh, uh, <laughs> he and I talked about law school. We talked about being a, a broke uh, student during law school and, and how he got into coaching. Um, and, you know, he, he uh, funny story, he uh, he was leaving the lieutenant governor's office and uh, there were some sausages and biscuits sitting there on the table. And he, he grabbed a few extras and stuck them in his coat pocket. So I guess he was hungry. I don't know. <laughs> when he got down to my office, he went to pour himself a glass of water and he spilt ice all over the table and the floor and started making fun of himself. And he was just a, he's just a really, really funny guy. You mentioned this. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, M club member played at Ole Miss from a flag standpoint, from some of the things going on right now, how, how big of an impact negatively do you think that's had on, on Ole Miss via recruiting or, or whatnot? Just kind of the associations that are made with some of these things. Well, I can tell you this. I don't, it's, it's used against us. There's no doubt. Uh, you know, uh, as you all do, you know, many connections in the coaching ranks, and mm-hmm. uh, I know other schools use it against us. Whether it uh, it has an effect or not, I really don't know. But I can tell you this: um, it was about to the, the recent decisions of the NCAA were about to really, really hurt our our student athletes. And um, what I mean by that is is if we were to put this decision off to January or February when we come back in session next year, uh, the the only good that was going to accomplish was that the student athletes uh, were going to suffer, and and the universities and the university towns and the businesses that support those towns are uh, going to suffer. So um, that's a that, that that was a real problem for me, and I and I also felt like that that uh, made the situation uh, even more urgent. I talked to several legislators during this, uh, and I'm just kind of curious, where do you sort of fall on when you have votes for different things, following whatever the majority of your constituents necessarily want versus what you just necessarily feel is in the best interest of uh, of your area when you're making votes? Uh, you know, you just you kind of weigh all, all the factors and, you know, you take into consideration, um, you know, what's being requested and 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 the, and the facts of each 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 request and and the issues and you know you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't didn't consider every angle and, and every point of view. But at the end of the day, you you know we're called to make tough decisions and we have to make the decisions that are uh, what we feel are in the best interest of of um, the the people that we represent and then the state as a whole. So uh, you know in this in this situation myself and, and a majority of the other legislators made the decision that we felt was in the best interest uh, of the state of Mississippi, uh, not only today, but in uh, for our future as well. There's a ton of people, um, kind of like yourself, that necessarily voted for this thing in 2001 to remain as it was, that have changed votes now. You've got a younger generation eligible to vote. I mean, luckily we don't have to deal with this, but what was sort of your read on what a, a, a public vote would have looked like had it come to that? So that's a good point. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, Governor Ronnie Musgrove uh, and the, the House and the Senate um, were uh, 
you know, they, they were controlled by Democrats at the time. I have a lot of respect for those guys, but it just was what it was. And I, they made a decision to punt this decision or this issue to the, to the people um, to vote on. And I, I don't believe that was a, a good decision. Um, and two wrongs don't make a right. And, you know, there is no mechanism under our law. For the, for the, we're not a, we're not a, a pure democracy. We're a representative republic where people vote on representatives uh, to go uh, make hard decisions mm -hmm. for them. You know, we made a ton of difficult decisions uh, during my nine years in the legislature. You know, I've had multiple votes on abortion, multiple votes on gun rights, multiple votes on taxes, uh, and so many other um, major, major issues that affect people's daily lives. And not once, not once have I ever had constituents say, you don't need to do your job. You need to let us vote on those things. Um, there was a consensus that or a, a, a thought out there that, that we should send this back to the people for a vote. But at the end of the day, uh, legislators are elected to, to make hard decisions and to do their job. And if we would have just sent it back for a vote, uh, I don't believe we would have been doing the job we were elected to do. Uh, and secondly, you, I know this for a fact, you would have had a lot of outside of Mississippi interest coming to the state to march and protest, and that would have been picked up by national news, and it would have, it would have shown Mississippi, uh, had, the, had the very real potential to show Mississippi in a negative light. And so uh, the majority of, of our legislators just felt it was in the best decision for our entire state. Um, to uh, move forward with a vote if we had them and, and we had the votes to, to make a change and we did that. Yeah, you're exactly right. That The scenario that you just painted out uh, exa is exactly what would have happened. There's no, no question about that. I'm curious along those lines as you're trying to secure those final votes and you're trying to get over the hump and, and to where you eventually got, how big of an issue was the next flag and, and – there was a lot made. I watched uh, all of the proceedings on Saturday. Uh, the speakers were, were careful to say that, hey, this this will, you know, the the, the new whatever the new flag is, it, it won't include the Confederate symbol, but it will include the words "In God We Trust," which is, right, you know, it's kind of a, frankly, it's sort of a flag one hundred and one no no is to have words on a flag. You know, you're better off with just your stuff. I mean, how much? How much did was that people having to go, hey, whatever we got to do here to get this done, let's do it? And how much of that was, um, you know, a, a genuine desire among people to, to, to have those words on the flag? I don't know if I asked that question, Trey, very well, but you know, what, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'd be glad to. And I understand why people have concern about that. I'll say this, though. Uh, open your wallet. If yours is not like mine, you'll have some money in there. And uh, <laughs> there's going to be guys we trust on every, every yep. piece of yep. Uh, currency that we have. In addition to that, um, you know, the, this Georgia uh, went through this issue, I think, in 2003. If I'm wrong about that date, I apologize. But it's been sometime in the last several years. And the uh, state of Georgia actually put in God We Trust on their flag as well. It's been there for uh, ever since. I think it's close to 15 or 20 years ago. Um, so there is precedent for this. Uh, and there was actually some polling amongst Mississippians this decision was not made in a back room or a broom closet, you know, by one or two people. There was polling that went out and was relied on, and vast majority uh, of uh, of Mississippians uh, preferred a flag with God we trust on it, and so that's where that came from. Got you.
And that will be put to a public vote in November. Is that correct? Yeah. It, it, so how it'll work, guys, there'll be a, a commission that's set up. The commission, it's going to move quick. The commission will uh, be set up in the next two weeks, so mid-July sometime. Uh, and then by by mid-September, actually September 14th, uh, they are uh, required to put forth their uh, preferred choice. Now, they are also required to get public input over the next several months, and they'll do that. But mid-September, they will come forward with one one choice. That choice will be put on the ballot in November, and the people will have uh, their say-so to either vote it up or vote it down. Um, if they vote it down, then the commission will go back to work, and they'll come forward with a with another design that the people uh, should get to approve as well. Just kind of curious, uh, one of the last things, but I've got you, so I'll just ask this. From a CARES Act standpoint, from all the different uh, small business things, how do you feel like that's gone in Mississippi and uh, kind of where is uh, where's that process right now? Yeah, it's one of, my, one of the favorite things that I've worked on in nine years as a legislator. It's not every day you get to you to give you know $300 million back to uh, the small businesses of Mississippi. And so I, I took a lot of pride in that. I was, uh, along with several other legislators, uh, very involved in the drafting of that bill. Um, but it, it was, it was a, it was an honor to be able to help, uh, for me to be able to help our small businesses. Uh, it's not, not, uh, as much as I wish it would have been, but it certainly was something that was substantive. Um, you know, they got up to $25,000 grants that aren't taxable and don't have to be paid back, uh, to help, help assist them through these tough times. I mean, Mississippi, Mississippi is, I mean, the small businesses are Mississippi, small towns, they're in our small towns, even in our bigger cities, but that is the backbone of Mississippi is our small businesses. And so uh, they were, a lot of them hurt really hard throughout the pandemic and the shutdown. And it was a, it was an honor for me to be able to assist them uh, with these funds. What are sort of some of the, the, the things that can be accomplished from an economic, from a business, you talk about recruiting or just even the current ones. I mean, for, for Mississippi as a whole, what sort of, what are some things that you would like to see or do you think is possible uh, in, in, in kind of in, in that realm? Yeah, so you know, I uh, aim. I kind of aim high. Mm-hmm. I like to. Um, I like to uh, set a goal that is that some may see as lofty, but I, I, I appreciate the challenge. And so, you know, me personally, uh, over the next several years, as I chair the Ways and Means Committee and and in charge of the tax policy of our state, uh, I look around the the South, uh, our southeastern region, at the at the states that are that are succeeding the most and i'll tell you uh the states that come to mind are texas uh, tennessee florida and north carolina and so I, I look at you know what does those states have in common what do those four states have in common and one of the things that they have in common is that all four of those states uh, uh have eliminated and do not have a personal uh, individual income tax and so a uh, a goal of mine not to get too too nerdy on taxes but is is uh is to see how Mississippi uh, could try to transition uh, away from an individual income tax and more toward a consumption-based tax system that is a more fair tax system in our state. Um, people uh, people want to live somewhere where they have uh, a better tax burden, and and you know work is something that we want to encourage, not discourage. So uh, you know I feel like if we can. We plan on studying that over the next year or so and coming forward with some, hopefully some suggestions as to how <clears throat> Mississippi could move in that direction. And so, uh, if you've been to Nashville lately, it's the hottest place in the, in the, in the 
you know, in the nation as far as growth goes. You know, North Carolina, Texas, Florida, they speak for themselves. Uh, but that, those are some of the things that we're going to be looking at. Uh, and the other thing is I think Mississippi has one Fortune 1000 company uh, located uh, corporate headquarters here in the state. Uh, that would be Sanderson Farms, I believe, if I'm saying that correctly. You know, my goal uh, would be to, to recruit more, uh, you know, of those type companies, their corporate headquarters here in the state of Mississippi, not just, you know, not just factories making tires or, or, or you know, plucking chickens or building widgets or whatever they are. I mean, those things are very, very important, and we need those jobs too. But uh, when we start recruiting corporate headquarters to locate here uh, or, or building organically from startups and those types of things, then, then we'll know we're doing some things right. Well, Trey, I, I know that uh, you've got a pretty busy day going. We really appreciate the time, and uh, as things uh, kind of move forward, let's do it again. Yes, thank you all very much, and I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks to Trey for uh, giving us a little bit of time today. He's uh, quite busy there in the end of session trying to get some things accomplished before being done for a uh, for a little bit, so we really appreciate that time with him. And also appreciate GNM Pharmacy and Tyson Drug. 662-236-2222 is the phone number. Both the stores are open regular business hours. Tyson is utilizing a walk-up window, and GNM is offering curbside service. Both stores are still dedicated to free local delivery and are able to deliver same day as well. They have uh, their compound alcohol-based hand sanitizer and more. So 662-236-2222. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. Grenada Nissan located in Grenada, Mississippi, just off Interstate 55. Go in, tell Gene and Sandy that you heard about Grenada Nissan on the podcast. You'll get Rebel Savings on top of the already great deals at Grenada Nissan. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Also brought to you by Oxford University Bank, OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB gives you the comfort of home, all the benefits the big mega banks provide, all the technology and products you can want, all with a personal touch. When you call OUB, you speak directly with the live person. There's no 10 buttons to push, no five minutes to wait. If you want to learn more about OUB, and you do, check out liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. Also brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. Bluff City values providing quality advice, experience, and access to all their clients, and they invite an open dialogue beyond your annual review. They believe that everyone deserves financial security, so no matter your level of wealth or financial goal, they will serve as an advocate and guide to grow a portfolio that is fruitful and sustainable for you. 901-365-3447. Or Ben, B-E-N, at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Also brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. She's serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. And last but not least, we're brought to you by the law firm of Bain, Moss, and Bowen PLLC. Located in historic downtown Corinth, Mississippi, their firm practices a wider range of law, from DUI defense to car wrecks to representing government entities. Bain, Moss, and Bowen PLLC is the only firm in Mississippi that is made up of a sitting state legislator, a former assistant district attorney, and a former circuit judge. 
Their experience is unmatched in that regard, and you can tap into it by visiting them at 618 East Waldron Street in Tupelo. I'm sorry, in Corinth, not Tupelo, Corinth. Or by calling them at 662-287-1620. Podcast that's brought to you by In-House Interior Design, 662-681-6241 is the phone number. Have about 30 years of combined experience in the business and anything you need to do to improve equity of your home or if you've just been uh, during the pandemic staring at a room and thinking, I need a change, you can contact Nikki again, 662-681-6241. Text or call. They offer uh, new client discounts, also dorm room appointments and discounts as well that hopefully will be uh, very, very needed soon. So again, give them a call or text today. Um, <clears throat> really forgot to ask Trey what uh, who he thinks is the second most influential person from the revolutionary period but uh we'll get to that next time uh, probably not something he was expecting what yeah can can, give give me a second what are we talking about um well we spent the first 10 minutes about alexander hamilton uh i'm seeing here i'm i'm i don't know if i'm old if i'm what i don't know what the correct phrase is here because i'm not up on my new social media are people actually joining this parlor thing yes is it becoming a thing yet it's becoming a thing. I don't need another thing. I have Twitter. Twitter needs just to be where we have a thing. Well, I think the problem... I'm not political enough right. to need another thing, That's right? That's what I was getting ready to go okay. at. Is I think for people like you and me, we're probably okay. Okay. I think what's happening is as Twitter has become more and more political at the highest level, Okay. there's a belief among some people that they are... Censoring? Censoring and sort of changing the way that your feed looks. Okay silencing certain feeds um making them more difficult to keep up with making you have to reach out to search for them as opposed to them showing up on your feed and parlor apparently is going to be a little further to the right oh really maybe a lot further to the right it's like everything else even our social media is going to become polarizing social media has a political lean apparently so yes well there's no doubt yeah I, look, I'm not getting into a gerrymandering conversation or anything else here, but I'm looking up districts and who drew these things. I mean, good grief. Let's, well, I'm not even having this conversation. I'm just looking at the map because I was curious exactly what all was Trey Lamar's district. And I mean, it's this isn't a shape that makes any sense. Like, I, like how? Like, oh, it does make sense probably at some point. But like, I this is this is whatever. I'm I'm, I'm done. I don't but, know if you've heard they're doing a census this year, and that's that's big. Did you watch your census? I haven't yet. Have you not? No. It takes like five minutes. What are you doing? Yeah, I'll do it. Are you fighting the man on that one? No, I'm not fighting the man. I, I, I have lost some trust. <laughs> I mean, I'm not over the, your census. No, just in general. You think we're in an oral oral book at this point? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's hard to argue. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> I mean, he nailed some of it. Have you read that before? Yeah. Just curious. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a it's a weird world right now. What's that? Um, it's these time periods happen. I mean, here, just look at this. This is District Eight. I just sent you a text. On everybody else, you can Google it yourself. That's District Eight. There's some Sardis in there. There's some cold water in there. Got a lot of stuff in there. You sent me two pictures today. <laughs> And juxtaposed against one another. They're really funny. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody what the other one is or not. We'll wait uh, on we that might one wait. We might wait. We might wait a few days. Okay. I do like that first one, though. Do you really? You think that's good? Mm-hmm. Okay. You could, you could make that work. 
Oh, I think so too. I really, th- yeah. I, I, again, just stop. People hate when we do this. And it's remarkable how much the second picture looks like the first when you take a look at it. If it's if it's one of those what are the what are the ink blot things called where you have to tell what you kind of see what are those called oh, what are those called um oh gosh I know exactly what you're talking about um what are they called because I'm losing my mind starts with an R Rosarch is it Rosarch so, yeah, I think that is it. It's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a roar sarch. Okay. Roar sarch. I left yeah. the second R out. The ink blot thing. Yeah. So. If you showed me that, given what's on my mind today, that's what I would have said. Okay. People hate us right now. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, if if we were to broach this topic, just we'd be a long, it'd be a longer week. I don't know the time. Uh, some point tomorrow, we're going to record with Adam Gannis show of Mississippi Today. We'll talk a lot about this kind of same stuff that we've been discussing for uh, for a while. Mississippi Today did a really good job over the they last did. week or so with their with their coverage of this and their coverage of the uh, the pandemic as well as things uh, move along on both fronts. Uh, as Trey said, the next steps will be uh, a committee or a commission or whatever we called it, and then uh, voting on a uh, a flag in November. And if it's uh, if it's rejected, then the most Give you another one and you'll vote on that one. So the important part is done. Whatever the one that comes they're going to put up is the striped one with the seal and, and God we trust. They're just going to throw that out there first. You think right? so? Is that exactly what it's going to look like? It's my guess. Kind of floating out there. It looks a lot like Missouri's flag, though, I think. Does it? I mean, I don't know that it matters. Is this thing going to get any traction to try to go after the Georgia state flag or are they immune? Okay, quickly before we leave. They damn sure should. Well, yeah. I'm asking. I don't know. My gut feeling is no, but they should. Oh, I'm almost certain they're not going to. Makes it look like you really just picked on Mississippi. When, Georg- a, when Georgia's just sitting there. I mean, it's a bad look for both the SEC and for the NCAA. Because you sent out a pretty damning, threatening a hard statement. statement that even Keith Carter, being nice, went back against a little bit on our podcast last it was, week. It was damning, and the NCAA statement was threatening. And Mississippi said, "Okay, give us two weeks." Done. Georgia's flag. Boys We've been through girls. this. Their their flag is the first official flag of the Confederacy with a big state seal in the middle of it. It's what it is. My Twitter blew up the other day when I went on the topic. I was, well, I mean, it looks like it. I'm like, no, it doesn't look like it. It is. Yeah. It doesn't resemble it. This I mean, is the flag with a big seal in the middle. It has. I mean, make no mistake. Mississippi needed to change its flag. I've been on this for a while. But it does make you sort of want to dig into some of the other state flags and go, hey, just. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. Just so you'll know. How would he answer that question at Media Days? Uh, hey, Greg, just curious. Georgia, you you, you criticized the Mississippi flag. The Georgia one is the first flag of the Confederacy. Pissed. He'd be pissed. He'd talk down to you, I suspect. With, what's the answer, though? Because it is. He'd deflect. This is a good question. The Georgia flag is the first flag of the Confederacy. I was wondering your stance on that as it pertains to... Yeah, the rule that was in place. Blah, As blah, it blah, pertains blah. to Georgia hosting events. 
And they would find a technicality saying that was not the flag that was used for Jim Crow or civil rights purposes or whatever you want to call it. That's where they would go. That's where they'd go, and you'd say, that's disingenuous yeah. as hell. But it's I just, flimsy at best, but sure. I mean, no, but the, the answer you'd love to give is fair enough. I just That's a disingenuous answer, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity to make it. At which point it'd be, you know, these fan sites are no longer going to be credentialed. <laughs> Fans no, because that would hurt. That would that, that would hurt Palooza uh, for for Media Day. Yeah, they need as many attendees as they can get to go. We have the largest yes Media Day That's in the true. country. That's true. They're going to brag about Zoom Zoom participants here. I'd get here, some dirty looks. Oh, it'd be some people that would not be happy. Which is fine. It's a fair question. Doesn't Alabama have some connotations too with theirs? Yeah, theirs is essentially a giant fu. I haven't dug into theirs. Did it the other day. I read some stuff about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of pulling it up now, real quick. It's officially a St. Andrew's cross. You don't think that's actually as true? described in its legislation representing the cross on which St. Andrew was crucified. It is sometimes believed that the crimson satire. Uh, saltire of the current flag of Alabama was designed to resemble the blue saltire of the Confederate battle flag. There's enough difference there that it, it's 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 out of the crosshairs. Yeah, and you know there's enough ambiguity there. There's not in Georgia. Just not. I mean. I mean, I, no. I'm I'm staring at it right now. What's the Arkansas flag? Someone. It's got Arkansas on it, doesn't it? It's yeah, like it's got the name of the state. Yeah, it's like a diamond-looking thing with the. Uh... It's got a red. It's a red field with a blue diamond with white stars inside the diamond, and then inside the diamond, actually four blue stars and the word Arkansas. The old Alabama flag is really weird. They've got we got a much simpler one now than they used to. Kind of wonder about that big Alabama flag that flies between Montgomery and Birmingham. Sons of the Confederacy or daughters of the Confederacy or somebody. That's one hell of a big flag for a country or whatever you want to call them that only lasted like four years. They've got a lot of flags. There are a ton of flags. I'm I'm on flags of the Confederacy right now, and I mean there are that's a lot. A lot of flags for such a short time. You got a lot of flags. Yeah. Somebody was busy making flags. They were. <laughs> Just looking at it here. Almost. Stop. I don't know. I don't even know, but quit. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Um, the first Confederate Navy Jack was just a blue flag with like seven stars just in a circle. And that was it. Also, kind of a generic flag, so like it's hard not to copy. Like eventually, somebody's going to copy some of these a little well, bit. Yeah, there's you know they're all going to sort of look alike. It's one of the reasons I like the tennis flag or the hospitality flag, whatever it is. Hospitality we're flag. That. Yeah, it I went, ordered one yesterday. It underwent a PR change. I ordered one. Did you? I did. What are you going to do with it? Fly it. Are you? What am I going to flag? Yeah, you're going to drape <laughs> yourself in it. Like what are you? What are you? What, 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 what are you I'm doing? Gonna, I'm going to run the neighborhood with it. Hold it up. Yeah, like, yeah. like Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
ESPN has a 2022 recruit committing to Michigan State as one of their top three stories on their website right now. Oh, uh, that's Bates, uh, the Bates kid. Yeah, yeah, Imani Bates. He's not ever going to play college basketball. You don't think so? No. Maybe take a rule change to. Well, I mean, the current plan is to abolish that one and done rule yeah. in time for that class. And no, he's he he'll go play in the NBA. He's a superstar. Where's he from? Ypsilanti, Michigan. Oh, is he from there? Okay. Yeah. I had no clue. I think so. Uh, any updates? Still, um, I guess, baseball, basketball, anything nationally that's just changed since the last time we talked from start dates or anything going on? No. Uh, NBA is supposed to start July 30th. Players are going to wear social statements on their back instead of their last names. Oh, really? Have they get the, to choose? They can choose, yeah. Amongst a list or anything? I think whatever they want. Okay. Um, I'm curious to see how that goes over. Um, Major League Baseball is scheduled to start July 23rd or 24th, I think. So about three weeks. And uh, they, uh, Mike Leake with the Diamondbacks, Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross of the Nationals all announced today that they will not play the season. They'll bypass the season. So far, they're the, the only players, I believe. Okay. A little stat for you here from Nick Suss about an hour ago. It was on our message board, and I see a thread where he's giving out some uh, some random stats, which I'm not sure there's anyone better in the country than Nick Suss. He has plenty of stats at his disposal. He's very good at stats. He, uh, he says, Jerry Neely is one of two SEC running backs in the last decade to average 7.0 yards per touch and 70-plus yards from scrimmage per game as a freshman. So in the last decade, there have been two. Jerry Neely is one of them. Who's the other one? Uh, you probably would never get it if, to try to play the guessing game. Um, it's a Georgia running back. Would you like to guess? You know, this is not what I'm good at. Um, who's in the NFL now, I presume? <clears throat> Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is the, uh, is, is the answer. Uh, Ole Miss turned the ball over 15 times last season. Ten of those turnovers came in one possession or tied games. Now, it's a little bit of a skewed stat because you're in tied or one-position games a lot. Like, that right. sort of, by definition, like, the game went a certain 15-point swing in either direction, but but still. Yeah. As much as I know there, there's a there's a, a tendency among people to say that, you know, they just had bad luck or whatever. I do think when you lose games the same way over and over and over, that is sort of who you are. There's a trend. Yeah. Yeah, that is correct. It's difficult for me to go, man, they just really got riddled with bad luck. In the same way that teams that win a bunch of close games – yeah, it's usually a team that just has sort of found ways to win games. They just That's what they do is they just win. A good and a bad stat and something we're going to be debating for a while is if you count sacks as negative passing plays, John Rice Plumley averaged 7.2 yards per run last season, which is absurdly phenomenal and great, and 5.5 yards per pass attempt, which is kind of the opposite, Suss says in his tweet. So he actually averaged if – if you did it the way that the NFL would do it, more uh, yards per attempt on a run than a pass. Yeah, from my from my sack standpoint, he was he was devastating with his feet. He mm-hmm. just was not very good with his arm. It is the question. I mean, we can we can play a lot of different games with it, but that is the question: is has he improved in year two? That is the question. Because yeah. if so, then hell, you got it. And the Go. answer is I mean, we don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Joe Burrow threw more touchdown passes than in the SEC championship and college football playoff last year than Ole Miss quarterbacks have combined to throw in the seventeen games that Nick has covered the team. So Burrow threw three at more in three games than the seventeen games that Suss has been covering Ole Miss. And that tells you a lot. Sixteen to fifteen is the number. Tells you a lot. Yeah. So 
just a little uh, there now. Let's see, we'll see. He says the weirdest one, so I'll read this one as I kind of stop. Ole Miss ranked bottom 20 in the country in percentage of made field goal attempts, but top 20 in defensive field goal attempt percentage. Oddly enough, so did UCLA, Arkansas, Oregon State, and Army. I think opponent field goals is luck one way or the other. Yeah. I don't – I think that's – Unless you're blocking them. In yeah. some ways, that's kind of like three-point attempts or something on – even in playing defense in the NBA a little – or in college basketball a little bit. Now there that, is a certain defensive element to it. There's also a lot of luck to it. Now that I think about it, there were a lot of missed field goals in Ole Miss games both ways. Well, that's what that would be saying. Yeah. yeah nobody's, now, nobody's making a kick. Yeah. I would have had to think about it for a minute. But. Was it last year or year before that no one missed against Alabama all season? Is that right? Yeah, one of the last few years, like Alabama, everybody that kicked made every field goal. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, at some point, it's like I do remember lots of pictures of Matt Luke, you know, clapping and stuff as the as the defense had quote stopped a field goal because they missed the field goal. Yeah, yeah. Ole Miss returns eighty three percent of its touchdowns from last season. No other SEC team returns more than seventy five percent. Wow. So there is uh, the last stat from uh, from Suss as we're uh, let's just hope that we're talking about. Uh, Andy Staples did a huge national food thing. He puts out a list of all his favorite restaurants all over the country. So I'll ask you, what's uh, wh- wh- where'd you go in Fresno that really stuck out to you? That uh, that, that 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 time that you would throw on the list of of, of delicacies. Kellenberger and I actually that night after that in Fresno? game in Fresno went to some brewery, some brew pub that was open, and if I recall correctly, we got pasta, some sort of pasta dishes, and they had a pretty good beer selection, and it wasn't half bad. Okay. As opposed to the chilies that you were worried about uh, your, well, your area a little bit earlier in the I went in to the, the chilies earlier that day and, and was concerned, deeply concerned about my ability to get back to the hotel, which was just a short walk. Not the area that you would choose to. Uh, yeah. Never been happier to get inside the doors of a chilies. Like, whew. Do you get startled very easily in things like that? Or does it take a pretty, hey. Nah, it, takes, it takes a little bit. I've had a couple times in New Orleans where I've kind of been, it's okay, but. Eh. Well, I have too. I've had a couple spots. Like when I was down there for the Sugar Bowl and we were down there for a week. I a couple took, of those nights. It's took like, a couple of turns at night going to get something to eat when I was like, whoa. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't need to continue. There's now. a big main drag element of that where it's like, hey, don't get Yeah. You're good for like two blocks and then like three and four, you're like, Whoa, this yeah. is I like New Orleans a lot. For a trip. But a trip. Forty eight hours. In, yeah. out, two nights of dinners and I'm back I'm yeah, getting I don't, me out of here. If you tell me I have to spend a week in New Orleans, I'm because we did a week. Yeah, I get a little like eh. I was and it wasn't like, hey, I'm out partying. I was just tired. I was, yeah. at the end of that week it's like, okay, I've been here enough, like I mean, one of my best friends lives there, and it's fantastic, and he loves it. But, I mean, it's like, yeah. I just yeah. – I it's not home, right. so I'm ready to go home. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm ready to get out. It's all well and good. There are a lot of other places I'd rather go spend a week. Oh, but two days, I'm good. Two day, I like I like New Orleans for two days. Yeah. I also did that New Year's, and it was a really long night. Um, so I was by the next day. Yeah. It was time to it was time to get out of town. I I haven't felt that bad, and probably since that 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 period of time, as I as I recall. Um, I had a lot of scotch. I don't really remember it, but I was told I had a lot of scotch that night. Um, you did that in Atlanta too that time. Was it Atlanta? Oh, we did those tasting restaurants at that Atlanta. Was it the Peach Bowl week? Yeah. Was it? I think I can't remember. Did a couple really good restaurants in Atlanta. Um, did um, Luminary maybe was one of them. Um, I know nobody cares, but I'm just now now it's bothering me. Uh, for some reason, Luminary sounds. 
Um, Empire State South was the other one um, with, a, with, a, with a thing there. But anyway, yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, New Orleans, it was whatever. Um, I, just, I remember the chilies in Fresno was the main reason I was asking you that as we were. Uh, yeah, went there for lunch that day. That was a late game. Houston really bragged about going to Fresno and winning a football game. He was pumped. I mean, you go into enemy win. territory, you go across the. That was his last win. Was it really? Yeah. And they only got like one sandwich on the bus to the airport or something. There was some Pete Boone thing that. <laughs> what was it? Was it sandwiches? Yeah, I just remember. Was there a quota on post game? There food? was something weird. I just remember Houston was was obnoxious about that game. It's like you was barely his last win as a college football coach. You barely beat Fresno, and you're acting like you went on the road and knocked off Oregon or something. Like, well, on. I mean, he claimed the lost Arkansas as a win. So what's the <laughs> what's true. the difference? They played hard. Never did I fail as a journalist more than my inability to say, so are you are you claiming a moral victory in year four? I might have been looking out for shrapnel. Just hit the just hit the deck at that point and go. That question was so on the tip of my tongue, and I was like, do I ask it or not? Pros, cons. It would have been one thing. We're going to get off in a second. It would have been one thing if they won, if they won the game. Because they're up 17-nothing, right? Yeah. Wasn't it 17 to nothing? Yeah. So, like, you blow them out, and okay, if you want to puff your chest take, out a little, have at, at it. The yeah, reporter. sure, yeah. have at it. You lost. Well, you just got, yeah, you got, they you lost. Yeah, you, you lost a 17-point lead. Was he wearing the flat bill that day? Was that one of the flat bill games? I think he, so. He took on the flat bill there a couple times during yeah. that season. Wasn't no 49-10, was it, Neil? He didn't mention that the entire year you were picking crap like that. It was like 55 well, to 3 against Alabama. The week and before, I damn near nailed the Alabama score and no one said a word. Well, freshman didn't read it that week. I <laughs> yeah. don't know. I mean, it, it, but it, it is. But immediately, because you know me pretty well, I'm a smart ass. Immediately, the thought that came to mind is oh my God, he just claimed a moral victory. You should ask. There was no one in that room more excited than Jeff Calkins. <laughs> It was immediately what he's going to write his column about. He was leaping across rows as that question was asked, going, "Hey, hey, hey, what's up?" It was, it was, it yeah, was. Because Jeff came up to me, and goes, "You know, I'm writing my column about that." I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of figured." Well, because you're not writing about the game. Well, Nothing said, happened well, that had any I said, relevance. If it helps you any? I'm writing my column about it. Okay, fair enough. That view. I think we were back on the Vimeo days back then. That that thing got a lot of views. Yeah, that thing got sent everywhere. I got back home and. I poured a cold one. I think we were supposed to go to my parents' house that night. We were. We were supposed Didn't to go happen. to my parents' house that night. Well, I went eventually. But I remember telling Laura, why don't you go ahead? I'll be there in a little bit. Yeah. I need to unwind. Yeah. So appreciate Trey for uh, giving us a little time today. Also, again, Adam going to show some point tomorrow. We'll get that to you in uh, a full week of shows. So hope you have a good day. We'll talk to you again very soon.